0: The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. To Diana Games, the chief executive at the business consultancy Africa at Work. And it's a really important Africa-US leaders summit. It's happening in Washington, D.C. And um, so many African economies have got preferential access via AGOA, the Africa Growth and Opportunity Act. Um, Is this at risk, Diana Games? Do we have a problem?
1: Well, I think the the, uh, the issue at the moment is is where does America play in Africa, as it were? And it's kind of a hearts and minds strategy, a, a, among other things, which also then, of course, drives trade and investment, etc. So the U.S. very keen to be part of the sort of Africa, um, uh, you know, uh, trade world, as it were, and, and investment. But, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, other players coming up, for example, and, and most importantly, China. Um, and where and how Afri- uh, the u s competes with us now this what we the what's underway at the moment this week is the u s Africa leaders summit in washington um and the idea is to to really um to play on that kind of hearts and minds thing by inviting um i think there's forty nine um heads of state i don't know i think south Africa's head of state is not there I don't know how high level a lot of the attendees are but um and the idea is to really engage. Um, the, you know, the optics of of engaging are important. It's not just a case of 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 um, doing it sort of long range. And it's been eight years since the last summit, which was hosted by uh, Barack Obama. I mean, it, it's not to say that things aren't happening, of course, and there's a lot of um, uh, things like Power Africa programs that have been introduced um, along the way by other administrations um, that have been, and even, even Donald Trump actually had some Africa programs that that were introduced over that time. So those are still running in the background, but I think the idea is to up the ante and say we are here and what, what you know, how do we engage um, more and differently, etc. So I think that, you know, what's happening is let's see what comes out of that. And one of the things that's high on the menu, as as you mentioned, is AGOA, which has been going really since 2000 in one form or another. And it was actually um, uh, uh, reviewed and renewed in uh, 2015 to run to 2025, which is two years' time. Oh, yeah. And this uh, gives countries preferential access to U.S. markets. But it hasn't really taken off in the way that it was hoped a lot of countries don't have good the kind of goods to export or diversified or industrialized economies so they haven't really been able to fully engage with the program and there's been an issue with standards for example a lot of phytosanitary issues of you know getting goods into into these developed markets so it hasn't there hasn't been as much appetite as as you would think and then i think a third problem has been the that it's not just trade issues it's a, it's about political and human rights issues as well and then of course all the trade issues that that uh, 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 problems that for example south africa has had you know that america kind of throwing its weight around and possibly sort of threatening countries that don't want to allow it kind of preferential access of its own into their their countries and south africa would be one of them um, and South Africa is the biggest beneficiary by far in Africa. So I think now what you have is the African Free Trade Area, and and so this is now uh, grabbing the focus of of African uh, policymakers, etc. And and everyone wants to build this up. So it does kind of, in some way, maybe marginalize a goa to some degree. And um, so I guess the US would be looking to say at this and thinking we su- will support um, the African Free Trade Area. Because if we don't, you know, we might lose this kind of access to this market. So it'll be interesting to see how how this has played out, what the U.S. is offering and what Africa's reaction to this. I mean, you know, people will say that the China-Africa summits um, were, were very well attended. And, and, and um, in fact, more so than African Union meetings in some cases, people really wanted to be part of that. And whether the American one is having the same kind of effect. I don't know, it's still running at the moment. So maybe we'll see the fallout um, in the next few days as people start reporting back from there.
0: Yeah, hopefully we don't burn that bridge. It's an important bridge. And uh, we've had some really, I mean, particularly the South African wine industry. I don't know it's not the be-all and end-all of everything in terms of the African continent. But finally, top-end wine producers in South Africa are beginning to get the sort of price point they should, particularly in the U.S. market when it comes to wine exports. It would be a pity to lose that preferential access. Ah, uh, Power crisis. I mean, it's not just about us. Uh, the... The issues in, in, in Zimbabwe, in Zambia, uh, Kariba has fallen to, to low levels as a result of dry spells up there. We're not getting the DRC rain, sort of for the, the equatorial rainfall coming down as it normally does at this time of the year. We're getting sort of different kinds of storm systems. And unfortunately, Kariba is, is feeling the brunt of that. And so electricity consumers in that part of the world.
1: Well the thing with Kariba Dam is a firstly Zimbabwe um and Zambia share the dam as a as a hydropower water resource, but Zimbabwe is far more dependent on it as as a as part of its energy mix. Um for various reasons, I think something like 80% of Zimbabwe's power comes out of Kariba Dam. But almost every year, <coughs> we end up in this situation, you know, where it takes time for the water, the Zambezi rivers, um, to, to the water to come flow into Kariba, etc. So almost every year, again, Zimbabwe is in crisis mode, and then often approaching Mozambique for help. <coughs> and this is an interesting and, and poss- quite technical thing about how come Mozambique um, can has power from Kohora Bassa, which is downstream from Kariba? Um, the, there's a whole water management plan. But, uh, you know, it's been often criticisms that Zimbabwe is not managing their end as well as uh, Mozambique is, although the structures of the dam are, are very different, etc. So Mozambique seems to have been the sort of the savior around the region, if, if, if you can call it that, where I think we are getting uh, power from Mozambique um Zambia is 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 probably going to be looking there they're also announcing power cuts from from this uh, next week and um Namibia is is also so so everybody is looking to see where can we get power and as you know South Africa. There is a Southern African power pool for trading of power around the region, and South Africa was always a big player in that. And now we, of course, are much weaker and and source, trying to source um, our own power from countries where before we were actually giving them, mm. um, supplying them power. <laughs> and now we're not able to do that. It's creating quite a quite a um, a problem in the region as as, as to how's everyone, you know, where where we go, where's everyone going to get that power? And it seems that Mozambique. Zambia was a big player as well, and we've been getting power from Zambia over the last couple of months. But Zambia, because of this Kariba problem, is also has its own power problem. So I don't know how that's going to affect us. So as you say, yeah, we, we're all in, in this kind of crisis mode at the moment. And um, it's a real problem because where do we turn? And and Mozambique you know, probably can't rescue everybody and have, have their own issues. Um, so we'll see how this plays out. But it definitely affects our ability to source... Um, power from the region um, in the way that we were able to and certainly other countries to source from us so we, we're sitting suffering of course and very internally focused on our own problem but there is a there's a quite a quite a dramatic regional dynamic as well in this particular regard so we'll see what happens
0: yeah no exactly yeah. right you do, you, ooh ow um, and Uganda, of course, um, is, is uh, nationalizing its power system and kicking ESCOM out of that arrangement as well. So, yeah, lots happening in the Africa energy market. Um, the <laughs> the BRICS Development Bank is sort of spreading its wings, if you like. It's seeking, it needs capital, I guess, it needs funding. Uh, that funding part of it is now going to come from Egypt.
1: Well Egypt would be a, a, I believe anyway a, a real coup for the um for the BRICS bank um and, you know it's a, it's a, um it's one of the the most uh, sort of powerful economies in in Africa and um and it fits their kind of their model if you like in in many ways um so this is the fourth new country to come to come into the the BRICS bank and this um they were kind of ag- uh, accepted to join a year ago actually and it's taken this long for the for the issue to get to the Egyptian um, cabinet, and they have now approved this last week, approved plans for the country to go forward with uh, to join this BRICS, the New Development Bank. Um, so, uh, but the, the the journey's not over yet; they still have to vote on it in the next few weeks. But it seems very likely that will go ahead, and it's not the the only new member of that. There's a there's it's the fourth one, the fourth new one that's come on board after Bangladesh, UAE, and Uruguay. Um, so basically, I think people, you know, there's a view that the 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 BRICS Bank needs to, um, it, its long-term development will be served by having more members. You know, it's been quite a closed book for for a lot of the time. The question is now really whether it opens up to having new members of the BRICS block itself. And there is talk that um, South Africa will be chairing the block in 2023 and, and is due to host the next meeting and possibly will suggest maybe another African member, whether that would be Egypt or Nigeria is probably still up in the air. But this does suggest, and there's a lot of um, interest from Saudi and Argentina and other countries to be part of the BRICS bloc. People see it as a whole, well, I think, you know, as an alternative to the Western bloc. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see whether that, that gets bigger and, and changes shape and how South Africa will fit into that, whether it'll be good for us or or whether it'll be become marginalized in the process. Um, I don't know. Can't answer
0: that right now. But thank you. Uh, Thank you very much for sharing with us this evening. Diana Games. Diana is the chief executive at the business consultancy Africa at Work. Where to invest 10,000 rand for the next three to five years? That's an answer we'll expect to get from Pietri Redlinghuis, the head teacher of the investment school this evening, coming up in a moment. But first, your very latest Eyewitness News. Here's Sifiso Zulu.